0: Welcome to the audio podcast of the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. As we begin to repopulate our historical and recently renovated sanctuary for worship, online worship will continue Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org, as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message.
1: Church, let's pray. Mighty God, creative God, thank you for imaginative faith. Thank you for faith that pays attention, that looks carefully, that longs to know what the strange and the new mean. Keep us attentive. Keep us curious. Help us to be careful with the strange new stories you send our way. We ask this in all things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. The Bible is a book of stories, and I don't have to tell you that. The Bible is a book of stories, and we are lovers of stories, making them up, listening to them, sharing them with our friends. Some would call the sharing of stories marketing. Some would call it outreach And some would call it evangelism. Well, some of the kids in our church have been asking about our story, asking Minister Rebecca and I why we don't have a TikTok account. (laughs) Or if they can take over the church's Instagram page. That's that's a thing for those of you who don't know. They say, it needs help, Pastor Adrian. (laughs) And so what are we doing to speak the language of, to tell the stories in the fashion of Generation Z, also known as Zoomers, and Generation Alpha? The kids are asking good questions, church, important questions, and our session leadership is listening. Paul had a story to share. He also had an enormous personality and a pretty high opinion of himself despite being knocked off his horse a few weeks ago and blinded for three days. And why do I say this? In today's text, this Roman citizen Paul is in Athens. Athens was one of the intellectual capitals of the world. Athens was chock full of people and ideas and theories and stories from all over known ancient world, and Paul was in town representing a God, a faith, a religion, a story that was a tiny minority in a non-Christian, non-Jesus world. Paul spoke a language and shared a story about a God that the majority of folk in the city had never heard of, and yet it was Paul who was deeply distressed by them, by their idols, by their deep devotion to something other than the God of his understanding, the God in his story. The people in Athens, by contrast, were quite interested in Paul. They didn't find him or his story the least bit distressing. They, in fact, said, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. It sounds rather strange to us, So we would like to know what it means. Now there's a twist for you. Help us understand that strange thing you're saying said no one ever to the person they considered strange. Help us understand. Because it sounds strange, we want to know what it means. The writer of Acts goes on to share this extraordinary characteristic of the people in Athens. The reading today says, Now all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. Nothing but telling or hearing something new. Wow. Ha! What a concept, church. These Athenians and foreigners living in Athens were constantly spending their time and energy telling and hearing something new. That is extraordinary. It took to spend time telling and hearing something new. The possibilities of a people in a place that spent their time doing nothing but telling or hearing Something new. What might that do to a person? How might that form a human being? What transformation could happen in a church, a neighborhood, a family that spent their time doing nothing but telling and hearing something new? Well, the least likely person to engage in anything new was Paul. When that brother got a script, he stuck with it. But that old script, that old storytelling, was not going to work for him in Athens. He needed a new story. If he wanted to share God's good news with the Athenians and the foreigners in Athens, Paul needed a new story quick. He needed what our church elders are ordained to bring to the leadership of the church. One of the ordination questions posed to elders and ministers of word and sacrament says this, Will you pray for and seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? Will you pray for and seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? The folks in Athens were hungry to understand what Paul had to say, but he had to translate quick. He had to use his imagination to think on his toes. They invited him to the Areopagus. This was an open-air court of justice near the Acropolis in Athens. Some of you will have heard it referred to as Mars Hill. Debates were held there, trials were held there. This was the place to discuss important matters, the place where the leaders and the thinkers gathered. And they were interested in Paul's teachings because they were new. And while not everyone received what Paul offered, many, many people did. Now, you can read for yourself the argument Paul made. But what I want to call your attention to is how he made it, what he used to tell a compelling story. Now, you have to remember that just a few beats before this one, Paul was distressed by the people of Athens, deeply distressed. He had been in their synagogues arguing, and folks had called him, you may have heard Diane read it, a pretentious babbler. Not just a babbler, but a pretentious one. I told you, Paul has a high opinion of himself, and clearly some did not appreciate how much he appreciated himself. So what happens? What happens with all of Paul's pretense and his argumentative spirit and the distress and, quite frankly, the arrogance? Because Paul goes from that to this. He says, Athenians... I see how extremely spiritual you are in every way. He goes on to detail how he has walked throughout their city and looked carefully at the objects of their worship. Paul acknowledges them as people of faith. He doesn't assume defect. He acknowledges their deep faith, and furthermore, he humbles himself To spend his time and energy walking around the city, studying, noticing, carefully taking in what the people of the city are worshiping, the people of the city where he was a guest. So he acknowledges them, he pays attention to them and their objects of worship. And finally, he ties his story to their story and then tells a shared story. Notice that I did not say he tied their story to his story. He puts their story first. It matters that he acknowledges them, that he notices their objects of worship, that he recites their story to them about an unknown God first, and then says, guess what? I know that God, too. I know your God, too. The God you call unknown, that God made the world and everything in it. Yeah, your God is amazing. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live in shrines. He isn't served by human hands. In fact, your God, our God, gives all humanity, life, and breath, and all things. And while we sometimes fumble around trying to find God, God is indeed never far from each one of us. Even your poets have said this. You see how Paul uses the people's story. He says, your poets have said this. In him we live and move and have our being. People of Athens, your poets were right about our God. We are God's offspring. We are God's children. And God has appointed a man and assured us that this man is the one. Because God raised this man from the dead. And just like that church, with acknowledgement and noticing and good storytelling that centered the people's story and not his own, they invited Paul back to the Areopagus to say more. He attracted some followers, and he made some believers. What Paul did took energy, intelligence, imagination, and love, the qualities listed in one of our ordination vows. To my mind, there is never any doubt that Paul loves Jesus, and I suspect that is true for most of us, too. I think what can be in doubt with Paul and maybe with us, too, is whether we love the people of Jesus enough to acknowledge them, to notice their objects of worship, and to center their stories. The Bible is a book of stories. And some of the kids in our church have been asking minister Rebecca and I why we don't have a TikTok account. Asking if they can take over the church's Instagram page. It needs help, Pastor Adrian. And I'm talking about the kids and youth, but there are lots of stories and lots of new things and lots of strange things happening in our community. I am just happen to be talking about the kids today. And so the question is, what are we doing to speak that language, to tell the story of faith for Generation Z, the Zoomers and Generation Alpha, because the kids are asking. And their questions are good, and their questions are important. And they're good and important because the story needs to be told and retold, church. Like Paul, we have to reimagine for those and to those who spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. TikTok? That's new, church. There are whole churches springing up on TikTok in 30- and 90-second bites. And we are missing the people in the city if we can't get creative like Paul in centering that story and tying it to God's story. So how do we do that? How do we tell these stories, church? And how did Paul do it? Well, I would say Paul didn't do it by himself. And the associate professor of systematic theology and Africana studies at Yale Divinity School supports that idea. His name is Willie James Jennings, and he's a brilliant theologian. And he suggests that we, like Paul, tell good news stories with the help of the Holy Spirit. Professor Willie James Jennings said this. When your speech meets divine desire, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say in order to create the new in and through your words. When your speech meets divine desire, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say in order to create the new in and through your words. We will commemorate and celebrate the coming of God's Holy Spirit in just a few short weeks on the same Sunday that we celebrate our children and youth, June 5. Let's pray in the meantime for speech that meets divine desire, and let's pray for the creation of the new through our words. To God be the glory. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you are fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide hybrid worship options with both in-person and online worship Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We are live in the sanctuary as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org. And a church Facebook page at facebook.com/slash-first-church-brooklyn, all one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on safety protocols and pre-registration options. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.